Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Amsterdam-based pianist and composer Flores Capena. Overwhelmed by the return to the hustle and bustle of normal life after the long void of the pandemic, he had found himself longing for the sense of tranquility he had become accustomed to. His new release follows the trio's 2019 album, an exploration of the coming together of contemporary classical, jazz, and electronic music. We cover this new material, his music timeline, the future, and so much more. Enjoy the story. Good morning, Flores, or I should say good afternoon, right? Yeah, it's afternoon here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the future, so I love these calls. Nice. For sure. Nice. Great to meet you, man. Thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before we get into your latest work, your life in jazz and music, COVID did quite a thing to all of us, especially the jazz community. How did you survive yeah. COVID? And how has it changed the way that you do things now? That's a good question. I think uh, for all of us, it was a strange time in Amsterdam and in the Netherlands, actually, for musicians, it was pretty well organized. We were receiving funding uh, to live off of. At the end of the that, I went to the studio, actually, and I recorded the solo album. So I guess that solo album, which is my debut as a solo pianist, was a real, um, yeah, something that really came out of the corona time. It shaped my uh, musical vision, for sure. That's kind of it. Right on. So talk to me a little bit about your latest album, you, you, which you mentioned. You know, what artistically went into this? And, and especially now with the world opening up, how does it feel? It feels great that the world has opened up again. And um, this album came really, um, yeah... Uh, really logically, musically speaking, after the solo record that I made. The solo record was really about connecting with myself and allowing um, space to be there in the music. And now um, that the drummer that we play with, uh, Walter Kuhne, he came back from the States. He lived in New York for a while and he came back. It, it was very logical to make another trio record. It's our third trio record. Yeah, um, artistically, we looked for something that would kind of uh, uh, yeah, create space for the listener to uh, be in while listening. A lot of times when I listen to jazz, uh, it's, it can be super intense and you get carried away as a listener, which I love. That's a great feeling. But I wanted to make something that um, yeah, actually creates a space in the minds of the listener. So that's what Closer is about, for sure. This is kind of a follow-up to your 2019 albums. And, you know, what you do, your voice, your approach is taking, you know, you take the classical jazz and the electronica and kind of mix it together. How did you find this voice? How did you evolve to this point where that's your aim? Wow. Uh, thank you for uh, saying that. That's very nice of you. Yeah. Um, so actually, the album is called Synesthesia. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, that, that album was, um, was something that I made while studying classical piano here in Amsterdam. So I did a jazz bachelor's. And then right after that, I studied classical uh, at the bachelor's here in the conservatory. It was a four-year program, and I, I went full on onto the, yeah, into the classical world. And something that I realized in, while studying classical music was that all this music isn't improvised, but it's still great. And that really got me thinking. And then at some point, there was a lesson that I had with someone. And then my teacher said, yeah, 
you should play this piece, which was by Debussy, um, as if you're improvising it. And then I really couldn't, you know, I, I, I was really puzzled. So apparently you can play something like you're improvising, but it actually isn't improvising. So then the question arises, what is the, what's the value of improvisation? Like why, why, why improvise? And also does the audience actually hear if you're improvising? Um, and that was basically the question that I asked myself when making synesthesia. So we had, um, I think a, around 14 tracks uh, in which we used improvisation in different ways. Some of them are completely improvised. Some of them are uh, totally through composed and some of them are something in between. Um, so yeah, that was a real um, yeah experiment and like a discovery to try to find out how we can use improvisation in different ways. And then with Closer, I guess we um, continued that journey. So it's something that is really, uh, yeah, it's really, uh, a, in Dutch, we say a red thread <laughs> through, uh, through, my, through my artistic um, exploration. So let's get to the beginnings of this journey into the music for you. Are, are you originally from Amsterdam? Actually, I'm from The Hague. Um, so I was born in The Hague. But we uh, moved to Asia for my father's work uh, quite early in my life. And that's actually the place where I had my, like, uh, really a lot of times when I was a teenager, which was amazing. And then I moved to Amsterdam when I went to the conservatory after high school. So when I was 18. And I've been living here for around uh, 10 years. So who were some early influences and what made you pick up an instrument and decide that this was going to be your path in life? So I guess in the beginning, my father uh, showed me the piano. There are videos where I would be sitting in, in between his legs while he was playing as a, as a really small kid. When we were living in Asia, he kind of tricked me into it. It was very funny. He said, yeah, I'm going to have piano lessons. Let's do it together. So then you'll have half an hour and then I'll have half an hour. And then I had a super cool teacher. Mr. Victor was his name. Uh, he was a pianist, a jazz pianist, actually who played in Singapore in, in hotels. And uh, it was very funny. I remember very vividly that every lesson would ask me, how's your girlfriend? Which I thought was super funny because I was five. Um, and yeah, so he was just a really cool person. And uh, he really inspired me to, to, to start playing the piano. But then later when I, um, when I became a teenager, I guess I really decided that I really wanted to pursue music as a career. And, um, yeah, then, then I realized I had to practice. So I don't know that, that kind of came from inside, I guess. So tell me what was the first live show that you saw that really made you think, wow, I love this. I want more. I'd love to be up there someday. Live show. That's a good question. I remember seeing Winston Marsalis in Singapore and being blown away. I think it was, it must've been the jazz at Lincoln center big band. Uh, but I'm not sure. I remember he, he made a lot of jokes about firing musicians, uh, which was super funny. Um, that was a great, great memory. And then when we came back to The Hague, um, we would go see this guy called Peter Bates um, play. He's a, a piano player from The Hague, uh, quite well known. 
And he has a very virtuosic style, uh, kind of in, in the, the lineage of Oscar Peterson. And he was my hero for sure for a while. Um, and yeah, that really inspired me to, 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 you know, practice. I actually got to study him when I was pretty young as well. And that was also really, really inspiring. Right on. So talk to me a little bit about in this journey for you, you know, what was the first stage that you got on where you were like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. Cause obviously, you know, you have dreams of being a musician, you get the chance mm-hmm. to have it happen, but there's always these places that you get to play where you probably dreamed about it early on. But what was it for you? What was either the yeah. Eureka moment? Well, I do, I do remember um, playing at North Sea Jazz when it was still in The Hague. Now it's in Rotterdam, but it, it used to be in The Hague. And I remember being there, uh, I think I was 13 or 14, and we played there with the music school band because I was in the music school of The Hague. Um, so we could play there just being on a stage at a festival where all these great international artists would play. And also, you know, the whole history of North Sea Jazz was known to me that all my heroes had played there in the, in the past. I think that was a, a really special moment. And I also remember after that, um, uh, that gig late in the night, there would be a jam session under, under the Bell Era Hotel. And, uh, that was amazing because Roy Hargrove would come and, uh, there were like his band would play and there were some other guys, Gregory Hutchinson. I remember somebody just popped in and they would play deep in the night, you know, and that was just really amazing to, to experience uh, as a teenager. And I, yeah, I think that really inspired me to, to pursue this. So in this process, this journey of being a professional musician, there's all kinds of different things that go into it from recording to promoting to, you know, teaching younger players that are around you and just creating music. But what is it that you like the best about being a professional musician? Wow, that's a really nice question. Um, I think the thing that I like the most is that I get to um, to do something that frees the mind you know of uh something like self-consciousness and also maybe a sense of like time it's something like um described by some people as well flow which i don't really like the word but it's it's a good way to represent you know this feeling of of losing yourself and kind of being in a really happy place and actually i think that um when I, when I was thinking about this concept the other day, I, I thought actually all people, uh, you know, are, are constantly searching for this kind of feeling when they're not doing things that they have to do to survive, you know. So then they're just looking for, for flow and that they do that in different ways. They do sports, they uh, practice religion, they go to music concerts, they, uh, you know, do all this kind of stuff, maybe go out dancing in the night. Um, so it's very, um, it's very human, I guess. And, and just to be able to do that for a living, you know, that's really, really, uh, really nice and really special. I'm, I'm feel super lucky to be able to do that. And besides that, um, just studying music, you know, reading, uh, scores of great composers, that's just immensely inspiring. You get to look inside of the minds of these geniuses. And it just, um, yeah, it gives real purpose to my life. So that just really feels great. 
So speaking of these geniuses, if you could go back in time, get into a time machine and see anybody in the annals of jazz live, who would you go see? Where are you going? Yeah, well, um, that's hard. Uh, I guess, I guess I would really love to see, uh, Miles play when he was playing in the fifties and the sixties, the, the two different quintets. Um, but I'd also love to see, to have seen Art Tatum play. Um, that must have been just incredible. And actually, outside of jazz, uh, one of my dreams is to would have uh, seen a Rachmaninoff play because uh, apparently he was just astounding, the best pianist that ever lived. Um, so yeah, there are actually recordings of him playing his own concerto, and that's something that really moves me when I heard it. So yeah. And Coltrane, I mean, everyone actually, uh, yeah, it's really hard to choose. Well, I'll tell you what, when you do go see Miles, swing by and pick me up, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) So what's the scene like over there? What's the jazz scene like over there in in your neck of the woods? And and how do you get involved with it? In Amsterdam, the scene is really, really vibrant. And it's really diverse as well. There's a huge international community in Amsterdam. Um, and what's interesting is that the Dutch jazz scene really was rooted very much into the tradition. Uh, so we're talking about bebop and actually music that came before. So like Lester Young was a big influence on a lot of players here. And you really feel that when you compare it to other jazz scenes from other European countries, I, uh, I believe. Um, but now we're coming to a point where the new generation of musicians that are coming to Amsterdam to study are actually, um, yeah, looking forward more and maybe perhaps not, not taking so much time to check out the tradition, which creates this really interesting new, uh, new wave of, of music. And, and when those two worlds interact with each other, you know, new music comes out of that. So, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I'm, I'm very curious to see uh, where things will go. And uh, I, I really uh, love living here. Amsterdam is great. So everyone out there has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, family, friends, fans, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> that's, that's really difficult. Um, but a very nice question. Who do I think I am? I don't know. I'm, I think I'm just a person who tries to, uh, to make music. And I really enjoy music, listening to music and, and making music with my friends. And yeah, uh, I try to be an artist, I guess, um, in the way that I, I always try to reinvent the things that I'm doing and try, you know, with every record that I make, I try to reinvent the, the concept a little bit. That's something that really inspires me. Um, uh, by uh, from Miles Davis, for example, that every time he made something new, the sound would be completely different. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really learning and just uh, doing my best. Yeah, maybe that's that's an answer. <laughs> it is. That. It is. I think that it can be very daunting, but yeah, it that's a great answer. And I'm curious before we get out of this proverbial digital door here, where can anybody pick up the new work from you? previous work we had mentioned the 2019 album learn anything about you live shows your world where can they go 
Yeah, well, there are a bunch of places. Uh, at the moment, I'm really working on my Twitter. Uh, so that is Torres Kapainitz. That's my Twitter handle. So that's a great place to start. Um, there, there are all my links there. But I have a website too, which is www.floreskapeine.com, um, and all my links are there too. I sell my stuff on Bandcamp. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Right on, man. Flores, hey, this has been great. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for taking some time out today, and send send my best to Amsterdam. I appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Amsterdam, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Flores for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.